Welcome to the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy, Kano the Don, the Vibe King. Man, I told y'all I was going to deliver. I told y'all that 2019 was going to be an amazing year. And I've got somebody on my show that I've been trying to get for so long. I can scratch it off my wish list now. This guy is amazing. He's a pioneer. He's a giant in this entertainment world. Let's go. My man, Head Crack. What it do, my brother? Ain't no what's good, bro. Man, everything is good, man. I'm talking about, I just want to just, before we even get into this thing, man, I just want to take the time to just thank you and say, man, I really, really appreciate you taking the time out of your super busy schedule, man, to come and hang out with us for a bit. Yo, man, the opportunity, uh, I appreciate it. And, and thank you. The vibes just meet you, my brother, man. Like, I mean, shout out to you for doing what you're doing on your end, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Man, it's just it's so much to talk about, man. Like I, I just I'm 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 starstruck a little bit here too, man, because like you really to be honest with you, like man, I've been I've been watching you and I've been listening to you, man, for a while now, man. And I'm like a huge fan and like you really kinda inspired me to wanna go into this type of field, man. Like it's it's just amazing. And then to be on the phone doing this interview right now, man, it's just it's just really it means a lot to me, brother. Well yeah, I appreciate it. I think when I got into it, man, like I really wanted to go into radio with the aspect of like literally anybody can do it. You know what I mean? Like right. as long as you coming from the street with a perspective that's fresh and yours and you believe in what you say, literally anybody can do it. You just gotta pick your format and just run with it, you know, like you're an expert. Right, right, exactly. Now, you know what's so amazing with you though, man, is is that you do so much in this entertainment world, man, and, and it's just amazing because um you 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 you're from New York, originally from the Bronx. Yes, sir. Okay. And when you when can we start at the beginning? Like what what were you doing prior to doing this now? Um, like, you know, I was just trying to soak up every aspect of the culture I can get. Whether it's a magazine, whether it's going to like when anytime somebody was doing a show that I could like, you know, either like get a fake ID to get into or you know anything that was like the radio station may have been doing that was like a free thing for everybody I was always soaking in the culture any way slash shape or form as I could wow. and I mean even like the video shows you're on TV raps rap city video music box when I lived in New York um shoot even when I lived in Texas they had uh it was like a video music show that 100.3 Jams was doing for a little bit I think Bad Brad was one of the hosts and then uh, then they had Flavor TV like I always wanted to know what the culture was doing even when wow. I was a kid so I, I would always chase it wow man so like you know being heavily influenced by um, the music world was was like radio like your thing with sponging everything up because you're a hell of an MC as well Thank you, man. Like, the radio thing was kind of like a, you know, initially it's supposed it became a Band-Aid, but you know sometimes when you leave the Band-Aid on for too long, it grows into your skin? <laughs> right. 
<laughs> and that's kind of what radio was like it was something that I knew I'd be able to do but like I actually when I like got into radio I was really looking at that as being like my part time job because wow. at the time I was working for a record company oh really and yeah and I, and I was doing pretty good doing that and I was just kind of utilizing like different connections that I was making with the record company stuff to like help my music stuff along the way right but then when the opportunity for radio came along they're like hey we want you to quit your day job and we want to make you the, the night show wow. and you don't got to worry. You don't got to worry about nothing no more. And I'm like, Oh, well, okay, sure. Right. You know, and then I kind of went along with it and like, you know, and like there were days where I would wake up and I couldn't believe that any of this was happening. Like, right. you know, like I, apparently I died like six months ago and this is just all like, you know, like your life flashing before your eyes or what could have been. Right. But you know, as the, the longer I lived, the more I realized the dream was real. This is my life right now. Yo, I'm on the radio. We're doing well. But in between point A and point B, I realized that there was a little bit of a trap to it. Right. Because, like, you know, I'm doing a night show. I, I happen to be in a particular place six days a week. So it made it really hard to, like, travel uh. and tour, like, the way I would want to do. Like, I mean, I would do local shows and stuff like that, but... You know, there was people hitting me up to go here for a certain amount of time, yo, jump on this store. And there's a lot of things I just couldn't do because, you know, you kind of become a space to the paycheck a little bit, right. especially when you've got kids. Exactly. And you want to, um, you know, like, you got to make sure you got, you know, health benefits. That's right. You got to make sure that, you know, there's a, there's a house to go back to by the time the tour is over. So I, I put a lot of my passions on the side and just really just work the radio hustle and just like kind of passively the music. Right. While um, you know, while I was you know connecting the dots, but between point A and point B, I realized that hey, there is a way I could do the both, and that came once I started doing the morning show. Wow. So like, how how did that situation come into play? Like with the um with the Ricky Smiley opportunity, that that was huge, and I think that you 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 were a huge piece of the puzzle over there. Like, and and how how did that come 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 to pass? Um, the crazy thing is, like, you know, so we got to the point where, like, as far as the night show goes, we did everything that we could possibly do. I mean, we were number one. People, they brought people to town to beat us. We beat them, sent them back packing. <laughs> um, and we were, and we were kind of just, like, kind of cruising at that point. So when the opportunity came around, it was like, hey, listen, you know, Steve Harvey just, you know, left. He was doing, he was doing the morning show on our station the first. Wow, and yeah. he left, and that created an opening. So the program director at our station at the time was like, hey, Crack, I want to take you from the night show and pair you with this comedian, Ricky Smiley. And I, I heard of Ricky at that point, but I wasn't really familiar with him. Right, Because, right. like, you know, Comedy View was coming on while we were doing the night show. So right. I completely missed that wave. And, you know, I, you know, I, it was just somebody I heard of. Right. So they, they, they paired me with him. And then between uh, point A and point B, we started, like, you know, like, kind of build somewhat of a synergy together because, like, you know, we operated two totally different speeds, two different senses of humor, <laughs> but we somewhat found a, you know, we found a balance in the middle and then you started building a morning show around that and, you know, fast forward to 2019, still doing our thing. So when you got over there, um, who all was, what was the setup like then? Was it, um, was Gary there already or who, who was the cast that was there at that time when you first got it there? Was, it was literally me, Ricky, and this young lady named Carmen Contreras from Houston. And then from there, um, then we got Gary, then we got Rock T, maybe not in that exact order, but they kind of came together. You know, it was like Rock T was like, 
you know, a guy worked at the station, real passionate, had a lot of energy about everything, right. and was always excited. So, like, you know, his, his, his sports energy was really infectious, and we needed somebody who was, like, that knowledgeable about sports, who had his skill set. So, boom, now Rocky's on, on board. And then Gary, like, you know, he was good with the entertainment news, and, uh, you know, he was doing it on a bunch of different shows between point A and point B, so it just seemed like a good fit because, right. like, you know, he would pop up on other people's shows, but nobody had him. So right. now we got Gary. So fast forward a month, he swapped Car- uh, Carmen out with this other girl. Then we swapped this other girl out for another girl. And, <laughs> you know, it goes on and on and on for a few years. Then we had uh, Ebony Steele for a few years. Yeah, and, I remember Ebony. I remember you know, Ebony. Because that was when the show was yeah. in Dallas, right? That was the show was what? The show was in Dallas then at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, we were still in Dallas. Like, we moved, um, like, and even when we moved to Atlanta, we still had Ebony at the time. Right. And I think we had Ebony about, probably about two years of us, uh, two years into us being in Atlanta, we still had Ebony. Okay, okay. I always wondered about that. Man. Yeah, you know, it's such because, like, you know, like, you know, me, like, I, I pretty much rock with everybody. And, uh, you know, like, so, like, you know, when you get, you know, you get familiar with certain people, and then they're gone, it sucks, because then you gotta, like, you know, learn a whole new person, right. and, like, learn their energy, too, but, you know, but Abby's doing good, she's still doing TV stuff, she's still rocking and, and, and getting to it, and even the girl, the girl who replaced Ebony, Claudia Jordan, she's doing radio in Dallas now, too, with Rudy Rush. Wow. So, like, you know, so so everybody eventually all landed on their feet, and, uh, you know, they still kept the trucking, but, you know, like, morning show is a really tricky alchemy. You know, like, sometimes, like, Certain ingredients may work better than others. Right. And, you know, you just got to keep trying until you get the chemistry right. Absolutely, man. I, I, I definitely, um, I definitely understand that. It's, 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 it's definitely a, um, it, it's a, it's a crazy business, man. And, um, Indeed. especially when like, you're not all the way in control of, you know what I mean? Whenever we're not really controlling things, it's like, you could come in one day and it's like, hey, um, this is finna change up. Uh, this person here is out. We got this new person coming in. It's like you got to try to then make, like you say, make the transition to, you know, get to know somebody all over again. See if this piece of the puzzle is gonna mesh in with what we already have building already. So I can I can only mm-hmm. imagine how tricky it is um, going through all of that. So, you know, with 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 man, I'm. <laughs> Whenever you're flowing, you know, it's just amazing because, like, you really off the cuff with it. And it's like, I'm like, yo, head is killing it, man. Head is killing it. Hey, I ain't gonna lie. A couple times, you, you know, you didn't gave Brett a run, too, now. I'm like, yo, head went in on that one. Yeah, man. Like, you know, like it's, it's a muscle you always got to work out to keep sharp. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of artists who don't freestyle or can't freestyle well or can't freestyle for long periods of time. But I feel like I do it enough to where I'm in a good space with it to where, like, I'm not, like, truly rusty. You right. know, like, I never really get rusty. Even if I feel like in my head, oh, my God, I ain't done this in, like, 12 days. How will I do? Right. It, it still always comes together. You know what I mean? And right. then when you get the work across the table from somebody as, uh, you know, legendary in the game as Brat, you oh always want to try your best to be on as close to your A game as possible. So, you know, yeah. there that go. You already know she's a, she's a worst. She, she just, man, Brat is phenomenal, man. I mean, she, she is and, definitely And, and still hungry. Oh, my God. That's, you know what? That's still what's so to. crazy about it, man. Like, she just is relentless. Like, but that, you know, that's the difference between, like, 
artists, not really judging artists today, but just looking at, because I mean, I'm, I come from that era as well. And it's just a different, to me, it's a different type of hunger. I, I, mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like if, and, and I wanted to know how you felt about um, artists that kind of skip over the steps and kind of, you know what I mean? Kind of like the steps, you, you know, going through like how Brett went through with, you know, with the grooming, with, you know, everything that you had to go through. I feel like steps wasn't skipped over. And I feel like the game was was appreciated more when you actually went through all of the steps. How do how you feel about that? I mean, I think anybody who jumps over the steps between point A and point B, you're going to eventually get to a point where you get exposed. Right. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, I mean, granted, you, you see it all the time. Like, you know, you got people on social media who get credit for being funny on Instagram and a lot of times sometimes people will take those people and like put them in a higher platform to do their thing and it doesn't land as well because like hey you're funny in this sort of pocket but it's a different process that goes into being funny in this pocket you gotta work same thing with music um like granted you can make something you you can create music in the safety of your home but that doesn't necessarily mean you can go out on stage and perform these songs well Right. Which a lot of times you see people who might have great records or great songs, right. but they don't know how to do the songs live because they spend so much time in the lab and not spend enough time out actually working the material and, and doing live shows. You know, you catch the rocking over the vocals, the chest awful, cats cardio is bad because right. they don't, oh my God, it's different. You know, when you have to like really do it live and then you got some people who don't even really perform live <laughs> right, for real right. for real like they they really just kind of just like talk lowly over the the the, the track right. which is whack too because people don't want to see lip sync on stage they want to see you perform exactly so you know you you got to do it all you got to be able to you know rock when when your music cuts off and people need to hear you acapella you got to know what it feels like to be rocking in a room with only a hundred people in it you got to know what it feels like to rock in a room that got 1500 people in it you, know, right. you, you got to do it all, and um, you know you can buy followers, you can buy views, but at the end of the day, all that stuff erodes, and you really got to be able to stand on your craft and your talent to really draw people in and keep them there for the long, you know, for the long haul. Right, right. Now you you've actually you actually was a battle rapper, or you just battled in that arena. I mean. I was a rapper who had the ability, well, I am a rapper who has the ability to battle, per se. I, I say it like that. Like, you know, because, like, you have some people who are in the culture right now, like, they, they are battle rappers. That is what they do. Um, that's all they do. Um, they don't really care about making records. They, they're just cool making money in that battle rap form, you know, arena. And that's great. Right. That's great. But my whole thing is, like, part of my growing process is, like, you know, I would go to shows. And we'll go to like other like different towns that I ain't from. Like, yo, who the nicest kid in your city? Where <laughs> where he be at? I right, cool. Let me go. I'm gonna go off there. And I would battle those people just to help spread my name and also make me sharper. Right. You know what I mean? And like, that's and, and, and it's crazy because like you know, there's so many different ways you can battle people, and there's so many different styles. Like, I remember one of the few times where I could honestly say I got my ass handed to me. <laughs> um, there was um, there was this dude. Uh, in Atlanta, actually, who goes by the name of Mudfish. 
Okay. And not, I think his name was Mudfish, yeah. Not to be confused with DJ Mudfish, who's currently a guy, like, that's a guy. But this other Mudfish, I don't even know what the hell he's doing now. Anyway, so everybody told me, like, this guy Mudfish is, like, the nicest on camp. And I felt like I'm the nicest everywhere I go. That's right. So <laughs> let, let me let me bring the fight to you. So, like, I found out what dorm he's in. I knew somebody didn't know, and they set it up. You know, so, like, we went to, we went to the, the, the run the battle, and... I'm, I'm killing him with technical raps. Right. But this dude was damn near a comedian. Are you he serious? Wasn't the best, he wasn't the best rapper. Right. But he had a way of saying things the way that shit's so funny. So his comical style, you know, and, you know, like, if, like let's say if you're playing a game of, uh, like, I don't know, Pokemon or any card game where, like, you know, certain things normally work. Right. Or, like, you know, like, even if you play, like, rock, paper, scissors. Right. In certain situations... Rock is going to beat Scissors every That's right. time. That's right. But That's right. he was paper all night covering the rock. You know what I'm saying? Like, his style was just different. Oh, my And I wasn't God. ready for it because, like, I was only used to battling, like, certain types of people. Yeah. I wasn't used to battling, like, the non-rap comedian people. Right. So, right. like, you know, so, all, so he, like, you know, so, like, as, you know, in situations where, like, it's all about the getting the reaction and everything, like, you know, he was giving me all night with the joke. And it's just like, yo, I couldn't even be mad at it. I mean, I was mad at it, but I was like, damn it. You're like, yo, like, like, I never faced the style like that now. Like, right. I, would, I would love to find out where you down and get a rematch, because I feel like I, I got something for that style now. Right. But <laughs> it was, you know, but you, you got to face that. And that is part of not skipping steps. Right. Like, you got to really, you got to really put yourself in every environment. And figure it out, and, and just like figure out how you're doing certain environment. Man, the shots of mudfish, whatever you may be, mudfish. <laughs> you know what? Um, I wanted to ask you too. Um, how in the beginning, like, did at what point in time in your career that um, when you actually got in the business that you um, have you had an opportunity to meet? everybody that you possibly wanted to meet as far as um artist wise or whatever and how did you make the adjustment to um mentally getting a space to where you were actually comfortable being um in the room with these type of people and, and working with these type of people gotcha i mean i think i've pretty much met everybody that was popping while you know you know since I've been in, I mean, give and take Michael Jackson and Prince, right? Like, but who all gets them? Right, right. Um, yeah, um, but everybody else, I feel like I've gotten them, man. Like, the crazy thing is, I got all my bucket list people out of the way early. Wow. You know, because even with what I was doing with, like, working for the different record labels, I found myself being in cars on long road trips with these people. Wow. So that kind of, that kind of breaks the wall down and shows you that, hey, these people are just regular people. Right. When they get home, this person who you may think have no problems or may have all this money is trying to figure out how they're going to pay this when they get home. Yeah. Or, you know, this person, you know, has problems with their baby mother. Oh, I can identify with that. Like, so, like, once you realize that a lot of these people are just on the same human level as you are, right. you know, give or take, you know, a few million fans, and probably, you know, a couple of opportunities to make a little bit more money in a given night than the rest of us. Right. They're, they're really like normal people. They're actually, like, they're actually, in some situations, worse than some of us normal people because, like, <laughs> imagine, like, every problem that you're dealing with magnified. 
Right. You know, times times a thousand, man. So like, you know, we kind of get to like go home and be regular, but there's certain people who cannot move around at all because they're that level of famous. You know, and right. like even seeing people who weren't famous when I met them and watched them blow up and grow up to be famous. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I mean, like anybody, you know, like, you know, like Erica Badu, I think is a great story. Uh, but the cool thing about Erica is Erica's always been Erica. Like, nothing's ever changed that more people know her now, but people used to jock her before she was famous. Are you serious? So, yeah, like, you know, some people have such an energy about themselves that no matter what, you know, what happens, they always are going to be looked at and revered in a certain way. Right. And she has that certain type of energy and, and magnetic pull over people to where, like, you know, they're invested in whatever it is she, she's talking about or doing just because that's the type of energy she has. Right. So when she blew up and became famous and then, like, you know, still, like, have the same conversation that you could have with her before she blew up, it's dope because, like, you know, it was just, hey, that's just proof that, hey, it was all part of the plan and, you know, and <laughs> this is just her being who she is. Right, right. You know, so, but so, I mean, so far as getting ready to, you know, prepare to interview people, I think I've been ready all my life. I think the only time it's hard is when it's somebody you don't want to interview because you know the energy is bad. Ah, uh, can you, you, you have an experience? Can you, name one of, can you name one of them for us? Um, like, yeah, anytime somebody tells me, hey, you got to interview the Migos today, not really excited about it because... The energy be weird, like all the time. Like you know, we've I've, I've had the opportunity to interview them like maybe three or four times, and the energy is always weird. I dig their music, I you know, and I respect them individually. But like you know, like I gotta you know I gotta do some caffeine before I like, I, I know I gotta interview them. <laughs> you know, right. and then even some people who you think maybe a tough interview, like I thought interviewing Wendy Williams would have been tough. Right, right, and it's not. It's really because, not. like, you know, because I think she's a, another gunslinger such as myself, she knows how to make the room comfortable before she starts. Uh. And, like, a lot of interviewers don't know how to do that. And I always make it a point to, when I talk to somebody, and, like, granted, I, I make it a point to try not to interview too many people I don't genuinely like, especially if you've seen any of my long-form work, like, on YouTube, because, like, you know, sometimes I'll do, like, 30, 40-minute interviews with people. Yeah, but, yeah. like, those are people traditionally that I like that I do those with. But, I, you know, I always lead with the positives, you know what I mean? Because you right. got to make people comfortable because, like, you know, artists go from place to place getting asked stupid questions. Nine times I think getting attacked, you know, everywhere right, they go. So, right, hey, I know, you know, like, even if I was interviewing R. Kelly tomorrow, I'm not going to lead with, so, like, are you going to let the girls go or what? The interview about to be over, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You can't, you, can't, you can't lead with that. Let me get you comfortable first. And then, you know, then I'll introduce, uh, you know, slightly more aggressive cop and then eventually bad cop if need be. But, yeah. you know, it, it, it's a science to it. You know, with 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 speaking on that topic, um, I just wanted to to just get your perspective on it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get well, your perspective I mean, I, on like to not go too deep into it, but just your just your lightweight perspective on it. On, on what you think about it. I mean, at the end of the day, right, you know, uh, they say uh, black people can't have excuses, right? Right. Uh, and and we're, we're quick to make excuses for each other. Like, I mean, like, I don't think nobody saw that much in those, uh, in that docuseries that we didn't already know. Right. Except now you're seeing it all back to back and you're putting faces to the allegations and whatnot. But, right. like, I remember 
when I was in middle school and the rumors was out that, you know, R. Kelly married Aaliyah. And right. we thought it was creepy, but, you know, we just kept pushing on because we really liked uh, Your Body's Calling Me. Right, um, right. You know, so, like, because we, we, we love and revere certain people in such a way, man, like, you know, sometimes you don't really hold them accountable for their BS. Like, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. I'm like, hey, man, you got to learn how to kill the monster before they can make more monsters. Right. You know, because, like, yeah, granted, R. Kelly is guilty of doing some very questionable things throughout his whole career, you know, and some people are quick to say, well, you know, that's because, you know, he was molested as a kid. So, right. okay, so what if the person who molested him as a kid got stopped before he had a chance to molest R. Kelly? Right. Would that stop R. Kelly from doing the things he did? Maybe, maybe not. You just never know. But part of the catalyst of, of you know, or a lot of things that people always, like, you know, uh, you know, tend to cite about predators and people who sexually abuse people is that they were sexually abused themselves. So right. we really have to, like, as a country, uh, like, have a really aggressive policy in place. And when I mean aggressive, I'm talking about, like, like Middle East aggressive. Like, yeah. you know, we didn't got internet. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, I agree. Because they don't have these problems. Like, you know, it's just, like, in some countries where people are getting castrated, yeah, you know, yeah, you know you're, yeah. not, you're not having that many, like, child predators pop up on that little app that you can look up to see who's around you. That's right. You know what I mean? Because they know, like, that type of activity won't be tolerated. You right. know what I mean? Like, I mean, it, it, that, you know, and, and it saddens me. It saddens me because, like, you know, R. Kelly's a talented dude, and because he's given us so many countless classics and new Negro spirituals to sing, you know, <laughs> you don't want to crumble the whole man up and throw him away. I know. I mean, like, I mean, it's like if, if this all comes on the radio, I'm not changing it. Right. I'll tell you that much. But at the end of the day, from here on out, you know, he, he, you, you got to take the kitty gloves off with him and, and, and rough him up as need be. Right. You know, because like, you know, like, because like, if we forgive him again, we're going to hear another story. Yeah. You know, because we, yeah. we, we somewhat, we somewhat forgave him on the Aaliyah thing. We, we forgave him on the Aaliyah thing. Yeah. We just talked about being weird. Yeah. Then you fast forward, you know, a bunch of years. They be on our little girl, and, yeah. then, and that's definitely him in the tape. Yeah, but but we, but we gave him a break. We gave him a break. Yeah. We let him rock, and like you know, I don't even know why we gave him a break. I know I, I know. personally did. I don't know. But we gave him a break. Yeah, we did. I think right. stepping in, I think stepping in the name of love helped help <laughs> us give him a break. That, that song was jamming, Man. and then then he brought Ron he brought Ron Osley back. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You know, just, but, but that's the thing. Would, it, that's what that's what that's what devils do, though. Man. The devil ain't gonna never like show up at your doorstep looking like the devil. Right. The devil gonna be dressed nice, have something to offer you, and and it's the same thing he's doing with the people that he was praying on. A word, I'm gonna provide you with all the things that you're lacking. Right. But now you belong to me, and not in those so many words, but that's what he did. And a person who's capable of doing that. You've gone from being the victim of child abuse, uh, child sexual abuse yourself, to a, per, a, a perpetuator of it. Yeah. So now you're a monster. But now we got to kill a monster. Dang. And I don't mean kill. I don't mean kill in the literal word. Right. But dang, I got I got to withdraw your energy out of that man because like, he's like look how many monsters he's created by what he's done now. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And it's an unpopular, it's, a, it's such an unpopular stance to take on it, and it's unfortunate. And it sucks, because, like, we don't really have that many, like, just people, like, 
being like so dope at his level out right now. Right. <laughs> but it is what it is, you know, yeah. and it, it hurts. Yeah. It does, now we gotta. Man. Now we. Now we gotta build T Sweat. Now be sure back up. I know, right? Man. Now we gotta bubble. We gotta bubble wrap Stevie Wonder. Oh my God! I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Let's 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 talk about the um um Bodega Brothers. Can we talk about that? Okay. I want I want to I want to put that out there, man. Let's take us take us into that. The group, how the I, group was formed. Well, Bodega Brothers is a union that pretty much formed just based off of the fact that like you know three friends loved hip hop a lot, right? Right. And um, you know, me and Kino were doing a night show in Dallas for like years. And so we we hanging out, we together every day. Uh, then there's another guy named Travi, who we would always be out and about at like all the rap shows, and he ended up starting working at the radio station too. And you know, so sometimes sometimes we get those work. Yeah, we doing. I'm going to studio. Let's go to studio together. We'll work on something. And you know, we had a few songs that we did, like you know, that was like me featuring them or them featuring me or you know, you know, we we all just trading verses. Right. So it, the opportunity came to go to Europe, and I wanted them to go with me because I didn't want to go to Europe like by myself because I see like movies all the time about people like you know go places by themselves and they don't get found. <laughs> so I was yeah, like, hey, yeah. if I'm gonna get kidnapped, I'm gonna get kidnapped with good company, right? Right. So I, I told them to roll out there with me, but I didn't want them to come out there to just do like one song. So we banged out a bunch of songs, and I'm like, yo, we gotta call our crew something, and then the name Bodega Brothers came about, and you know the rest is history. Wow, man. And the music is absolutely dope. So, like, when you guys are in the creating phase of it, like, um, what's like, what's like the creating phase like? I mean, it's like I know it's a collective um, effort, a collaborative effort. But like, what's the what's the energy like when you guys are actually creating? Because the music is absolutely dope, man. I mean, like, thank you, man. Like, and and I don't want to like toot my own horn or whatnot, but like, I really feel like the creative space that we're in when all three of us are in the same room, I would imagine it would have to be like what it felt like watching the Beatles work or what it felt like watching, um, you know, Run DMC come up with a routine or watching Fife and, and, and Q-Tip come up with a concept for Check the Rhyme because right. like when we're, when we're all three in the same room, we're invincible. And wow. the ideas just flow. Like... Our last album um, that we came out with, uh, LGA Loaded Guns and Alcohol, most, like, like at least six of those songs, the concepts for, like, at least six of those songs came about with just me and Kino chilling in the, in the basement in my old crib with uh, our producer, Picnic. And it, it spanned over, like, a day and a half today. Wow. And we knocked out, like, the concepts, like, six songs, like, off the rip. The other seven, you know, we had to kind of, like, slow dance with them because, like, Travis, I was in Dallas at the time. And, you know, we didn't want to finish the whole thing without him, but right. we get we get the ball started. So, I mean, like, even with some of this newer stuff that we're working on that we're getting ready to release soon, anytime we're in the room, you just, if there was a way you can, like, pull out, like, a blue light or, like, some sort of light that can be, like, you know, electricity waves in the air, like, I bet you would see a whole bunch of sparks and synapses. Because, like, yo, there's something about us all three being together. Like, you know, we just, we cook. Man, so I just hate that we're you know we're like in two sets there's be three separate places right now. So it takes you know an act of God to get us together in the same room to work. Yeah. But we was together for just a few hours a couple weeks ago and knocked out like three joints. Are you serious? So 
Wow. Yeah, I mean, because like we were, and when we get in the same room, we just got so much to say. So it's like it's always like we picking up where we left off, man, and and, it, and it's fun. Like I mean, and I think that's another thing that like um that that makes the music right itself. Like yo, we are still very much friends, right. and we still find fun in what we do. So it's never like man, I got work on this bodega brother stuff. Like nah, <laughs> right, like I right, look right. forward to it. Like it's it's fun to me. Right. Now I got a um I got a question from um a Chantel from um Chicago. She wanted to know what um what made you want to cut your dreads off. Um basically man, like if anybody who ever had long hair and knows that it takes like about at least forty five minutes to dry that, um, gets a little frustrating after a while, you know? And then um and then like just having all that tension and all that pulling at your scalp isn't really good. Right. And uh, so what I did is I cut my head and cut my hair and realized I have still a perfectly good functioning hairline. <laughs> I want to show that off, and uh, <laughs> and you have the opportunity to like you cast with some things. Cause, like you know, a lot of times in Hollywood, people will really limit what they'll let you do if you have certain looks. Right. Like so, if you have a like a niche look like dreads, you know, they either going to throw you in Mark the Death too. Uh, maybe you might get to be in the cool running sequel. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can present a coconut drink to one of the girls in road trip to if they go to Jamaica. Like, you know, yeah. so yeah. I don't want to be limited, man. Like, yeah. I felt like I had a lot to offer. You know, the people see the, the, people see the face. I love you, and, uh, dude. <laughs> it's you know, cool like, yo, I was racist, man. Oh, my God. Like, if you cast <laughs> that's so true man like for real you're gonna be stereotyped they're gonna throw you in there man yeah we need you for an extra you know, like, for, like, um... you know, one of the best examples is this comedian actor oh named Dougie God. Doug <sighs> Dougie Doug was like getting it popping late 80s early 90s yeah funny dude full of personality had dreads and every time I was seeing him in something ah that's the role for the person with dreads you know like they, like, <laughs> yeah. they just wouldn't let him be great Right, and right. I didn't want to be—I don't want to be like Dougie Doug as I go to like IMDb beat him right now to see what else he's done. But yeah, like I mean, Dougie Doug was dope, but I just felt like man, if he didn't have those dreads, man, they would have put him in everything. Right, right. Wow. Now, um, I wanted to ask you about how 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 did um how did you feel about the transition into um? Oh wait, are you living in Atlanta right now? Yeah, I live in Atlanta. Okay, before I ask you this question, how how is the energy um, there on a day to day basis with all of the reality stuff going on out there? Because I, I I interviewed um, Slim Stunner. I don't know if you ever heard of him before, but um, I interviewed him um, a couple of days ago, and he was telling me that um, it's basically like Atlanta is a reality show. Like everybody, everybody, like everybody is a celebrity. Every everywhere you go, you know, in the ball or whatever, everybody got their celebrity Hollywood shades on. Like everybody is just super Hollywood. Yeah, um, and and I wouldn't say everybody. It just depends what events you find yourself going to the most. Right. Like if you go to. Um, if you go to like certain types of things, you're gonna always like run into the same Hollywood, you know, pseudo bougie type of people. Right. But you know, if you go to like the hood, you're gonna run into like the regular Atlanta folks. Right. And I and I like to try to like balance 
right in the middle of both of those. You know, like, I, like I'll stick my head in on the bougie stuff. It's not really my cup of tea because I hate pretentious people. Right. But, yo, I want to take my cousin to the, to the, um, to the, the cell phone store the other day and it, it took forever, right? Yeah. And I was listening to the story of the saga between the weed man and the DVD man. Yeah. Apparently, there's a guy who likes to sell DVDs out of the uh, American Deli that was right next door to the uh, phone store. Wow. And uh, also, there's a weed man who feels like he has the same right to be able to sell out of that same store. Yeah. There's like an actual war going serious? on right now between the weed man and the DVD man. <laughs> like, yo, the, somebody got shot. Somebody's been stolen. Wow. Like, in the store. Like, there's, there's, there's a fight. But, yo, this story was just so intriguing to me. Like, you know, like, it, it was the most interesting thing that I've heard in, like, three weeks. Wow. And that I would have never gotten at one of those bougie-ass parties that I always get invited to. Right. You know, like, I right. just, I, I like hanging out with regular people, doing regular people things, and then, you know, and then just sticking my head into the snobby stuff, just, you know, network and make connections, you know, be right. political. But... Yeah, give me give me some regular degular all day because that's what keeps you grounded, man. Like yeah. that's you know, even like in the in the music world and the comedy world alike, it is really easy to lose touch when you're just so far out there. Right. You can't yeah. be so far out there that you have no points of connectivity with what regular people are doing. And I say that in the air quotes because we're all regular, right? Right. But you know, you, you got to stay grounded to the people on the street level because those people who are like, you know. You know, they'll spend, like, you know, they'll, they'll put so much energy into, like, how they look that week or that night or, you know, do this and that for the Instagram. You're living in a, a fabricated world. And I like I like to live in the real because it's really easy to, get, you know, be, become so part of that fabricated world that you don't know the difference. Right. And you don't even realize you're a part of it until it's too late. Wow. Man, that is, that is so real. And I wanted to ask you, too, um, as far as, like, when when you guys transitioned into um making appearances and stuff on um the Ricky Smiley show or whatever, how was that transition into um transitioning into that that world? Yo, it was really easy, right? Because um I didn't really do it much. Uh like I like <laughs> straight from the gate I'm like, Hey, you guys can never come to my house and I don't want my kids on camera and yeah, that's pretty much it. So that really took a lot of like ground for them. You know, I, I kind of got to control my vibe per se. Right. Um. So and the cool thing is like, and when I would be on camera, it is I'm I'm never acting. It's literally me saying whatever I would normally say in the scenarios that were given. So it was it was really easy for me. Like you know, like I like I wish all reality shows were that easy because like I know people who do multiple reality shows. Yeah. And they're like, yo, that was by far the easiest one to do because like there's not really like a whole bunch of okay, so this is the part where you say blah 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 blah. It's not like that. Right. It, you know, it's really like you know, hey, you and Gary are gonna meet up here. Uh, he has a couple ideas you want to shoot past you. Go. Uh, and there you go. Okay, and that's what I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you, um, how scripted is it if you can speak on it? How scripted is it, and um, how much is it just organic? Yeah, I mean, I can't really speak for, like, other reality shows, like, because I, I, I just truly don't know. But our show doesn't really have a script. Like, there's truly no script. I mean, there's, there's an outline of what 
they may be conversationally trying to get to. Right. You know, like you know, like far as like, okay, cool, this is this is what we need you guys to discuss. Um, you know, and maybe they'll tee you up organically to try to figure out how to get the conversation there. But beyond that, nah, it's uh nah, there is no script, man. We just we just get out and do. And you know what? You you can tell that because the dynamics of the show is absolutely totally different from these other reality shows that's out there to the point to where like they they just it's it's to the point you can't even really even watch them because I mean it's like it's so yeah. scripted you know what I mean it's it's horrible like it's horrible dialogue I mean at least write a good script. You know what I'm saying? Like, you already know yeah. uh, when you watch the shows now, it's going to be a fight. Uh, they're going to meet up at this bar. Uh, chairs are going to be thrown. I mean, it's like, it's so, it's the same thing. And it's like, you don't really see that much with some of the um, the upper shows, I'll say. You know what I mean? It's like, it's it's only yeah. like... Yeah, well, I think with a lot of times, like, yo, we don't, I don't know. Sometimes I think we'd be so happy for the opportunity. Yeah that will kind of just let people lead us. Because even with some of these reality shows, and once again, I can't speak for all of them, but, you know, it may be a black show, but you got, like, a white showrunner or right. something. Like, you know, where's the, uh, I need you to, you know, kind of jive it up, you know? Let's, yeah. You know, but, you know, I, this is not ratchet enough. We got to, you know, you know, set up the thing. Because, right. like, I, I will leave this one show, I, I will leave this show out of it, but... I went. I walked into one of this restaurant I like, right? Right. And it was a reality show film, and I couldn't even tell which reality show it was at first because everybody on the show looked like everybody else from every other reality show ever. Wow. You know, like you know, just like you know, fake booze, right? Carol Big. Right. It was just crazy, and it's like, yo, is this? What is this? I, I can't even gather. <laughs> and then like, there's a scene where. The girl has to like get mad at everybody at the table and storm out, and then uh, and it was just really big and epic. It was just really over the top, and from from a biased standpoint, it just looked wild, silly, right? Right. So uh, as I'm ordering my food, you're ready to leave. I ran into somebody I knew who was like on the production of that show, and I'm like, "Yo, what show is this?" He's like, "It's blah 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 blah." I'm like, right. "Oh, that's great, uh, man." So like, how long y'all been here? Man, it's been a minute. That's like the third take of that. And I'm like, oh. You know, so like, it's, it's scripted. Like, you know, like those certain yeah. shows are scripted like it is a movie. Yeah, yeah. It's wow. like, we man. Need, we need a little bit more. Uh, um, break it break it a little bit harder. Make Put a little bit more emphasis in it. Uh, break, matter of fact, just throw the chair to just add that extra. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, oh, man, that's crazy. And, and, that's, and that's totally what the vibe seems like. It seems like, because it was just so over the top. It's like, how can anybody do this three times? Yeah, you know, but right. new chairs. Okay. Bring some new chairs and some new um glasses in. Let's set that back up, clean this up real quick, and let's do this take again. Oh yeah, my, my bad. I looked at the camera on the way out. My bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to ask you too, man. Crack about um uh, Dish Nation. How how did that come into play? I thought that that whoever whoever came up with that idea, I thought that that was absolutely dope because like when we hear you hear you guys on the morning show, it's not enough. We want more. So when that show mm -hmm. came and I and, and you guys were on it, I was like, "Yo, this is dope right here. This is dope. That's something that yeah, I was man, gonna it, do." It was a blessing the way it came about, man. Like, uh, and actually, like Rock T was the point of contact for that. Like, uh, this guy named Stu Weiss from a show uh, from a company called Studio City reached 
reached out to Rock D and was like, hey, I'm trying to get a hold of you guys about doing this, uh, this show, like entertainment news show, it's like daily, and we're like, okay, dope. So Rock D helped connect the dots to get that show going. And uh, and then, you know, we did like a six-week trial run. The six-week trial run went really well. And uh, then after that, man, we, we was up and out of there, man. Like we're seven seasons in, you know. I'm looking oh. forward to giving y'all an eighth and ninth and a tenth, you know, because oh, yes. it, it's, it's a fun job for me. And yes. like, I used to go to sleep as a kid watching Entertainment Tonight. So this is um, not too far from like what I've been kind of training to do all my life, like Slumdog Millionaire style, you know, like, right. you know, like there were certain things he would do in that movie he didn't really realize it at the time that it would help him out later. Right. That's kind of like how like a lot of aspects of my life and stuff like that have been, like the stuff that I was doing that I really paid no attention to actually was training me for something else later on down the road. Wow. Now, I w if, if you could um, drop some jewels, man, which you've been dropping them the whole time, if you had um, an opportunity to just speak to a room of people who were actually trying to follow your footsteps in um, the business, and, like, what, what would you say to them as far as um, encouragement and... Just drop a jewel. What what would you say to him? I mean, at the end of the day, everything that you're trying to do, you can do it. Just don't lose who you are along the way. Because, like, a lot of times people come into the game with a certain level of passion, and you're going to see some things in it that's disheartening or may change the, you know, the chemistry of who you are as a person, but never sacrifice who you are as a person to achieve what you're trying to achieve. Because it, it, it's all possible without that. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. even people, like, getting to the point that where they are now, which maybe in their, like, scope of things seems like it's not far or nothing at all. Right. Nah, you're further along away than you may think you are. I mean, clearly, because you're hearing this message. Right. So, something led you to this point. So, what do you do with the information? You got to look back and see what you're not doing to help you do what you're trying to do. Because, like, you know, saying if you've been doing the same thing steadily for a certain amount of time and the results have only been this, well, apparently you got to change up what you're doing to get better results. Wow. But just don't lose who you are in the process of getting those results. Absolutely, man. man. I, mean, that, 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 I mean, that's the simplest way I can break it down. I mean, like, I mean, everything I've ever wanted to do, I've done it just on the strength of me saying, yo, I'm about to go do blah, 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 blah. Right. Because I believe in it. I believe in myself and I believe in my abilities. And I believe most people would be like, oh, he's pretty much the same person he always has been. Wow. So like, you know, like, so that, that, to me, that's worth more than money. Absolutely. Because there are a lot of people who have gotten to a certain point and they're not who they were. And granted, we're all supposed to change. We're all supposed to grow up. But, you know, but the core of, you know, of the things that your parents and your grandparents instilled in you, don't lose none of that in the process to become like these people in Hollywood. Because Hollywood does create a lot of monsters. Absolutely. Wow. You know, so, so, you know, so just be safe out there and just keep yourself grounded. In the future, um, what can we, this year, what can we expect from um, the Head Crack brand? Yikes, man, you're going to need a big basket. <laughs> There's a lot of things, man. Like, so, um, music is definitely, like, the thing I'm really trying to put at the forefront in 2019. You know, I teach y'all with a couple videos, um, you know, in 2018, a couple singles, but I'm going to hit y'all with a full project called Action Park. 
Uh, as far as the release date on that, I don't know. Fingers crossed. Maybe I can get it out to you in the next month or two. Um, but beyond that, there's also a couple movies that I'm going to be, uh, you know, having some parts in. Um, there's also, you know, more radio, more changes within radio. There's Fish Nation. Uh, there's the new Bodega Brothers music. There is the live comedy mixtape, which is a, uh, a hip-hop ensemble, uh, a hip-hop comedy ensemble that we uh, take shows around the country and travel with. It's like a Saturday Night Live and you don't see fast out of baby, but we do it live on stage for you. Oh, that's and, dope. Um, yeah, so we're going to be popping up in some more cities with that. You know, more festivals, South by Southwest is coming up, a couple other things that my name is in a hat for. So, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, just praying for the best. Then the universe have its way with my good intentions. And, uh, you know, and, and we'll definitely cause cash. You're going to see the kid because, like, yeah, everything, everything's happening. Oh yeah, man. Most most definitely. Like I, I already know, man. Like you, you you know when you know you know, man. Like I I know that you're heading towards great things. I mean, you look if you just take a look back and see how far you've come. I mean, man, it's inevitable, man. Like you 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 definitely have. Well, thank you, bro. A passion and you're driven for this, and you inspire me on so many different levels, man. That it, it's it's just this this interview here has really just giving me more fire to um to keep going and keep on pushing man and it's it's just a blessing it really is man well i know i feel like in a thousand years if somebody would ever tell me that people would tell me that i inspire them i would have never i would have never believed it but as the years go on by and the more people tell me that i realize that maybe that's what my true purpose was so that's why i try my best to like not be on no BS. Yeah. Try to be, you know, try to do that, put maximum effort into everything I do because I know what I'm doing in some level is helping people. Yeah. And also, like, you know, showing people that, yo, if he could do it, I could do it. Because right. I have every ingredient available in my life to not have made it. Right. You know what I mean? But, right. y but yet I'm here and people are asking me to tell them my story. So, you know, our stories are probably very similar. So there's no reason why, like, you know, you can't be in the same space that I'm in. Because, like, you know, we're, you know, sometimes we get a nice little deck of cards and start the game out with. Sometimes you might get, like, four cards and one of the fifth card is the instructions. And right. that card doesn't count. Right. But damn it, what are you going to do with this card? You got to make it work for you, right? Yeah. So yeah. there that go. Wow, man. You know you know what I think another thing that, um, that kind of separates you from a lot of other people and this is just my personal intake on it I, I just i've always felt a down-to-earth connection even with the level that you're on right now you just always give off that aura and that energy that you you're approachable you're just a real person you know how you like like we were talking about earlier like how some people just get so high up to the point to where like they they disconnect from reality to like they're just yeah you you just you you've never you always give off that vibe like you you're reachable you know what i mean like i could reach out and just just touch you like yo like i i love to hang out with him man like he's he's just cool man like you know even on the level and, and with the things that you've accomplished and achieving like you just still give out that that real energy, man, and I really appreciate that. I appreciate it, man. I mean, but at the end of the day, ain't that what we all trying to do? Like, how great would it have been if 
we all could have like reached out to the people or like you know had access to the people that we looked up to. Right. Like, damn it, if Michael Jackson or the two guys from Breaking One and Two would have, if I could have reached out to them, my, I would be a much better dancer than I am now. <laughs> like, yo, no I was like the little break dancer that could my whole entire life. Like, yo, like all I wanted to do was be able to complete a like functional windmill. I never could do it. I know. And I never ran in the turbo when I was old. I know, but if, man. If, if, I if, know. If, if, if it was twenty and I. You know, and, and they're still alive. It's not like they probably wouldn't show you now, but like you know, but you know, you you gotta be accessible to the people because you know the people, you know the people power you. Right. You know what I mean? So right. if you're a man of the people, you got you gotta be accessible to those people who put you in the position that you're at. Because like media and entertainment, and it's all a popularity game. And I don't do it just to like. I don't do it to be popular, but I do it because, like, I mean it. Right. And I know that I'm only in the positions I am because enough people care to make sure I'm I'm where I'm at. You right. know what I mean? So Absolutely. that's why everybody deserves at least, they, they, they all deserve my time. Wow, man. That's that's so dope, man. Quick prediction, man. What uh, who, who you seeing in the Super Bowl? Oh, uh, man, see, I am, like, the most non-football fan so with that being said, uh, I saw the Cowboys win yesterday. Um, um, man, um, are the Patriots still in it? Oh yeah, most definitely. I'm gonna go for the Patriots, not because I'm a Patriots fan, but I think they cheat just enough, <laughs> right, to make sure that they <laughs> that they stay in the loop, man. I don't like, know, man. No, I it, think... it's so crazy, man. Like I am. I wish I would have played football in high school. With that being said, so much football was watched in my house growing up, uh, well, particularly when I lived with my stepdad, that it just made me, like, not a fan of football. Like, it was just, like, OD amounts of football. Right, like, right. Like, anybody who's ever young enough to live in a house that only had, like, one TV or one good TV, right, right. when the good TV is always being used to, like, to watch football, you, you grow to hate football if all you want to do is play Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> man, Craig, I, I, I could talk to you all day long, man. I, I know you got things to do, man, and we got to wrap up and get up out of here, man. Again, I am so grateful for you, brother, man, and I'm wishing you more and more and more success in an abundantly way, man. And um, I hope I get an opportunity to um, one day meet you in person. And um, as my show grows or whatever, man, and it goes visual or whatever God may have for me, I'm I'm trying to walk in the, those shoes that you're walking in, and reach those plateaus, man. I hope we just we get an opportunity to meet my brother. Well, absolutely, man. And if there's ever any info or feedback you need, man, I definitely got you, man. Because like at the end of the day, man, we all got to build each other, and um, you know, make sure you know we we all functioning right and doing what we need to do to achieve our goals man so anything i can do to help you you got it bro absolutely man i appreciate it and look with that being said i need you to do me a favor i want you to tell brett that? that i know she getting my messages i know she getting my messages and i know she getting my emails i want brett on my show that's going to be a classic interview I want Brad on my show. Tell her stop back in front of with me, man, and check her DM sometime. I might be able to help you out with that. Uh, it, in in contrary to probably she doesn't necessarily read all her emails. It's like a manager. It's an old thing. Uh, but uh, I might be able to help you out with that. Oh, my uh, God. We'll talk off the grid. 
Okay, okay, definitely, man. Yo, we're gonna get out of here. I appreciate you again, Crack. Um, thank you for appreciate me and you, the bro. vibe team. You be blessed, my brother, and more success. And we're gonna talk, man. Same to you, man. Stay up, man. Thank you, everybody, for listening and rocking. We'll catch you on the next lap, yo. Thank you. It's the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don and my special guest, King Head Crack, my boy. We out. Thank you, bro. 